Okay, so we left off last time having explored the Machlokas Rashi and Tosfos uh, as to how to resolve, uh, I wouldn't call it a contradiction, but resolve two pieces of the Gemara. The first piece was the Brisa on Daf Lamed Zayin Amad Aleph, where the Gemara had said that if you took bread, real bread, let's say uh, wheat bread, and you uh, cooked it, uh, the Brisa distinguishes between whether prusas are kayamos or prusas are not kayamos, whether the pieces are intact or not intact. It doesn't explain what those terms mean, it just uses those terms. So, the uh, Rashi understood prusas kayamos and in prusas kayamos as whether or not the pieces have a kazayas in them or they're less than a kazayas. So, how, how broken down is the bread? The challenge with that interpretation, not impossible, um, is... Uh, I, I take that back. Let me, let me go. Rashi did not say that there. The Yushalmi actually understands Prusas Kayamos and Prusas Kayamos as whether Kazayas is left or not. Now, that rice is talking about cooking it. You take bread, but now you, you, put, you put it in heat again, uh, and, now, uh, and now you cook it and the pieces break up. On Amud Beis, the Gemara had a discussion about Chavitza. And Rashi claimed that chavitza was essentially the same thing. It was, uh, it was bread that you ended up cooking in some liquid. And here, the Amoraim explicitly had a debate. There was a debate between Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Sheshes. Rabbi Yosef said that if, you, if this chavitza, whatever chavitza is, and except again Rashi for the moment, that means you cook something. So, so Rabbi Yosef says it depends whether or not prusas kayam, whether or not the pieces are a kazayas or less than a kazayas. If they're a kazayas or more, then you make hamotzi. If they're less than a kazayas, you don't. And Rav Shesha said no. Rav Shesha said that it'll, even if the pieces are less than a kazayas, nonetheless, if, uh, if it has Teresa the Nahama, which we might call um, uh, Toar Lechem, uh, the appearance of bread, whatever that means, so then uh, you make hamotzi on it, even though the pieces are less than a kazayas. Okay. Okay, got it. Great, thank you. Okay, although one moment the stender is arriving. Okay. Thank you. So we're not in the purpose. Okay. And let me just tilt the screen. I think we can just leave it as such. Am I um, am I reasonably visible on the screen? Zella. Okay, good, yeah. fine. Um, we don't need to put the platform up. Okay. So, so Rav Sheshis, again, was of the opinion that even if the pieces are less than a size, less than a kazayas, nonetheless, as long as it has koar lechem, it has the appearance of bread, what, again, however you define that, uh, you make hamotzi on it. Now, the problem with Rashi's interpretation is that if the brisa is talking about um, uh, some of a bread that's cooked, and Rav Yosef and Rav Sheshis talking about chavitza is bread that's cooked. It means that at least the Yerushalmi's interpretation of the Brisa that um, that prusos kayamos in prusos kayamos is in fact Rav Yosef's definition. So then it would turn out not that that's an insurmountable problem or something that we have to lose sleep over. It means that Rav Sheshis is against the Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi is clearly sided with Rav Yosef's opinion. Which okay, that could be the case, and Rav Sheshis could just say I disagree with the Yerushalmi. That's not an a problem, but Tosus would rather avoid that, which is why Tosus said that no, that chavitza is where you take the pieces of bread, you don't cook them, but you, 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 you know, lump them, make them into a lump by using something to glue it together, by using some type of a liquid, marak, which was a, a broth, or probably a little thicker than a broth, uh, or, uh, or honey, or some other thing that you use, but you don't cook them, because what, the, more, the more processing that you do to it, the more that is going to be required to make it retain, remain bread. So, if you cook it, now you have to have, the perirum has to have a kazayas. They have to have at least one kazayas. You have to have some which have a kazayas in them. Whereas, if you're not cooking it, you just took, they were broken that piece of bread, you kind of smushed them together into a lump with some type of a gluing food. So then, you, it has to still have the appearance, the pieces have the appearance of bread, but it doesn't, they don't have to have each, uh, they don't have to have pieces that are a kazayas in size. So, it's in light of that particular piece that Rabbeinu Yonah uh, is quoted, and I've chosen, I know that most many of you have in the back, but not everybody has in the back, so I've taken Rabbeinu Yonah out here, and he presents three, a three-part chiluk 
uh, to pull all these pieces of the Gemara together, because if you remember also, the Gemara had one, there was one more piece to this. The Gemara at the end had said that Lokat Mikulam Kizayis on Lamed Zayin Amid Beis. If you take and this is assumed to be Rashi says one thing, but Tosas and Mustri Shalom say it means you have pieces of bread, you have flour, uh, let's say little pieces of bread. If you just lump it together, and uh, and you have a kezayis, uh, and it means of all the different species. It doesn't have to be, you could have wheat, and you could have barley, and you could have spelt, and you could have rice wheat, and you could have double road barley. You put it all together, um, and, uh, and you make hamotzi on it. So, there, the, and there's no requirement, it doesn't talk about Torah lachem, it doesn't talk about uh, sizes of a kezayis, it just says, lakat mikulam kezayis, uh, if it's chametz, you get kares on Pesach. If it's matzah, you can be yotze Yehova. And if, if you can be yotze the mitzvah matzah with it, obviously it has to be lechem. It has the status of lechem. And that sounds very fun when we say you're eating lechem on Pesach, which is what we do. Um, but lechem, lechem doesn't mean bread in our sense of the word. It means flour and water baked. Uh, so, and Rabbi Hino Yonah says as follows. It's the first source on the sheet. Al-Kain nirelemori harav natarachmana uparke. It would appear to uh, our teacher, my teacher, Shegimel Dinim Chalukimheim. There are three different uh, different pieces to this. No pun intended. Heicha Shehumavushal. If it's been co- if you cook the bread, in Yeshvo Bepusos Kizayis. If pieces have a Kizayis in them, some of them do at least. Mivarech Alehem Hamotzi the Gimel Brachos. So then it's regular bread. Vim Ein Bepusos Kizayis. Even though it has Torah Lechem, you only make a Mazonos. Why? Definitionally, if you've cooked it and the pieces are less than a Kazayas, that's not called having a Torah Lechem. Now, next step down in processing. So you didn't cook it. You just glue it together with some gluing agent. In yesh peprusos kezayis, if the pieces have a kezayis in size, mevarech alav hamotzi, and he doesn't talk about whether it does or doesn't have toar lechem. Is, is that required here? In Shulchan Aruch, when they quote this din, they assume that once the pieces are a kezayis in size, you don't need toar lechem. We're, we're possibly like Rav Sheshis here, by the way, which is even less than a kezayis, will be bread, provide that as toar lechem. So what if... What if there's more than a kezayis? What if there's more than a kezayis? So he doesn't say explicitly, but the, the assumption the Shulchan Aruch makes is no Torah lechem is required. In the, in the first case, sorry. In the, in the first case, you didn't require Torah lechem. We don't require Torah lechem. We assume that Torah lechem in a cooked substance, it, well, we, we don't talk about what happens if the pieces are bigger than the kezayis. He assumes that that is Torah lechem. But he also said, in the first one, he says that if it's... If it has then you make hamotzi. Right, so he said. Whoa, 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 one second. In, let's let's start with the following. There's one A and B, which is if you cooked it. Okay, if you cook it, there are two possibilities. There are prusas of a kezayis, or they're less than a kezayis. And what he says is, if there are prusas of a kezayis, it's hamotzi. If it's less than a kezayis, even though it has Torah lechem, it doesn't have Torah lechem. In other words, definitionally, when you cook it, and it's less than a kezayis. That's, that's one A and B. Now he's going to two, he'll have two A and B, which is, you don't cook it. You just glue the pieces together, and A is when they have a kezayis in them, and he says, you make hamotzi. When you glue, it's like jam between the sides? Between the I mean, I guess you take the little pieces of bread, and you, you, you put, you know, smear in a little honey or something, and you just mash it. Yeah, mash it together. So he doesn't say anything about Torah Lechem, but he's, initially, he says if you have a Kezai, if the Pusas are Kezaias, like it's Hamotzi. Like 1A. Yes, except uh, like 1A. Correct. Yes. No difference. Correct. There's no difference. But when you have, a, when you have he, what he doesn't, right, have correct. Whatever correct. You do to it, correct. 100%. Different. The difference is going to be in 2B. So he says, is the fourth line. In the middle, ain't the prusas kezayis, the ain bohem toar lechem, then mavarech alayhem borim name is onos. Is that two conditionals? Yes, you need both A and B. In other words, when the prusas are kezayis, he doesn't say it, but it doesn't matter whether there is or isn't toar lechem. When the prusas are less than a kezayis in size, then if there's no toar lechem, you're missing both, 
then you make a boy in Mizonos. Aval, at the end of the fourth line, im yesh bohem toar lechem, afal pish aim bohem kezayis, mivarech alehem hamotzi. Because here, you didn't have bishel. Uh, which is different than the That's different. 2b is different than 1b. Yes. So there's 2b1 and 2b2. Left of the kezayis, with Torah lechem, There's a, b, and c. No, no, we can have a, b, and c. a is when you cook them, after the initial making of the bread. A1, A2, and then there's A1. Then there's no, no, no. Then there's B. When you didn't cook them, you glued them together, so you have a B1 and a B2, whether they do or don't have a Kazayas. And then we're going to go to C, where you don't even, we're about to see what it is. But there's B2, 1, and B2, B2A, B2B. Okay, okay. Fine, okay. Then finally, finally, the Heichashena Lomavushal, the Lomachuba, Elashahu Perurim Levadam. It's just lots of little pieces. You don't glue them together into a thing. They're just little pieces. It's crumbled, crumbled bread. Yes? No, I was going to say breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs, yes. Exactly. So breadcrumbs don't have toar lechem. Right? They don't look like bread anymore because they're not pieces. So nonetheless, he says, again on the... At the middle of the fifth line, the hechash in a loma vushal, the loma chubar, elashahu peirurim levadam. It's crumbs. Avo pishem bem kezayis, the imbahem toar lechem, shehim dachim biyose, breadcrumbs, mivarich alav hamotzi vigimu brachos, shekevan shehu pas bifne atzmo. Since the bread is basically by itself, it is just bread, it's just crumbled up. Eno yotze laolam mitoras pas. It does not lose its status as bread. Doesn't need a size doesn't need anything, as long as it just needs not to be mixed with anything else and not to be cooked. Although I don't know who would cook breadcrumbs alone, but okay. Later, we haven't done this. So this is bread in, in the Ka'ara, which we'll talk about what it is. He understands that it is, uh, that Tosas understands, the Rabbeinu understands nothing but bread. And Rabbeinu Hanan insists there has to be Torah Lachem. Ulafimasha Kasavdu Enanu Tsrichem Lazar. Elakevan Shehu Pas Bifnei Atzmo. The bread stands alone. Ve'enam Machubar Bedavar Acher. It's not mixed or attached with anything else. Eno Yotzei Mitoras Lachem Laolam Umar Varchen Alav Hamotzi Ushalosh Bishalosh Brachos. So, pretty straightforward. If you turn around, not turn around, turn, no, sorry, don't turn. It's probably, don't, don't tell me I missed it. Oh, no, it is. Here it is. Um, it should be Simon Yud. It's the bottom of the page, the bottom of the first sheet. Chavitza. Tahainu, interesting, just a, a note, a footnote of the location. Normally, most of Hilchos Brachos are found uh, towards the end of the second Chelek of Mishnabrura, uh, right before the laws of Minchamar. Most Brachos are found there, except for the Brachos, brachos the, the laws of, of Hamotzi and and uh, and Birchas are found earlier in the second Chelik of Mishnah Bura, um, where they talk about the laws of Suda, the laws of Suda, the laws of the Tila Shadaim. So that's why, if you noticed in previous Simon, we've been quoting it with Simon Reish Bey, Simon Reish Ches, which is towards the end. This is Simon Kof Samaches. So in Sifyud, the bottom of the first sheet, Chavitza Dahenu Peirure Lechem Shenidbakim Yachar Al Yedei Marak. So, he's defining Chavitza the way Tosas and Rabbi Yonah define it, not the way Rashi defines it. They're not cooked. Uh, again, they're just attached by some liquid. They're, 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 they're kneaded together, uh, but with some liquid. So, in this Vashel, if it's cooked, if you cook it subsequently, if if it has a kezayis, we don't care whether it does or doesn't have this Torah lechem. You treat it as bread. So this was one B. If it's cooked, so then Tosas and Rabbeinu Yonah say that once you cook it, uh, it all depends upon the size of the pieces. So he's explicit in both directions. Then, vim eno mavushal, which is really, that's what chavitza is, ela shehu mechubar ayyidei devash omarak, im yesh beprusos kazayis, mevarech alav hamotzi. Afilu ein lo toar lechem, that's Roshashish's position. So, once you have pieces of a kazayis, you don't need toar lechem. Vim ein bohem kazayis, if there's no kazayis, im yesh bohem toar lechem, dahainu shu nikar v'yadu ashehu lechem, however you want to define that, 
It means you recognize that it's bread, even though the pieces are less than a kazayis. It's bread. And, you just said, the pieces are less than a kazayis. And finally, turn, over, turn around, turn to the second page, breadcrumbs. Okay, so, so the, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, not like Rashi, it Paskins like Rabbeinu Yonah, like Tosis and Rabbeinu Yonah with Rabbeinu Yonah's three, uh, three stages, three, three, three different units. So matzah ball, although I don't usually eat matzah, matzah balls, ball, but it's less, it's cooked, and it's less than a kazayat, so it would be... I don't think matzah balls have less than a kazayat. Yeah, but it's, no. Matzah well, for, for first... Each piece is less than a kazayat. Well, hold on, hold on. We have, balls. We, we, more than we have to analyze them. Yeah, we don't make huge matzo balls. Our, I, mean, I don't want to... Well, wait, excuse me. I, I've seen matzo balls. Matzo balls are way bigger than a kazayas. Yeah, but they're, but they're each piece of bread. is not big. You can't see it. The whole thing, the whole thing is not big. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 wait. Okay, that's fine, yes. Yes, there are lots of questions to answer. So, yes, yes. The matzo balls made from, presumably, breadcrumbs that would be cooked together and however they're attached together should be uh, uh, should be um, uh, should be uh, Mizonos and, and Alamecha. The only question you have to ask in these cases we'll have to see later in the Shulchan Aruch is it that it's not pas at all or is it pas a Hold on, even if it's greater than a Kizai, it would be a Mizonos? No, 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 but no, he's saying, he's saying, a matzo ball itself is much bigger than a kazais, but they're saying that when you make matzo balls, matzo ball starts with especially matzo meal or something like that, some powder, so now that you glue that together, it's not that there's one piece of matzo that's intact, that's a kazais, and it's mavushal. So it has no tzures lachem, it's less than a kazais, and mavushal, so the bracha is going to be boring men as owners. Uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, uh, um, croutons, which are made by cutting up pieces of bread and frying them, or, you know, that should be with also, because that's, it, each one is less than a kazaya, and it's cooked, it's cooked bread, even though it has... No, 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 you're making one mistake. Lachem. But you could recognize it as so bread. So what if it's tarlachim, but it's less than, each one is less than a kazaya? Yes, but it's just bread, the croutons. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing gluing it together mixed in. Okay, good, so now let's say I have, uh, let's say... Crouton, the only way you're going to, there are two possibilities, there are only two ways... You could avoid washing and benching for croutons. Possibility one is if you were to determine... No, from the beginning, you're making the bread. They ma- if they made it, baked it, uh, like, that hard in the first place, so that would be, uh, as we'll see in this sim, and that we pass above a kissing because of the cracker, because t- the hard texture. The sure. alternative would be if it's a tough L in the salad, which it usually is. Now, so what, what if somebody made French toast with small pieces of bread that are kind of less than a kazaya? I mean, I feel that falls into, almost into the category of my grandmother had wheels, but... No, you could do it. Why? You could, but normal people don't do that. So, yes. So, let's say you took your bread and you cut it up into pieces of less than a kazayas, and now you cook or it. Or matzah bread. Matzah bread. Matzah bread is a good example. You make less than a kazayas. Especially yeah. you know, hold chazanish kazayas for, for this purpose. What's that? No, I don't hold a chazanish kazayas. Because I don't... I bain l'kula, bain l'chumra. So, matzah bread is made of broken pieces of matzah, assuming they're less than a kazayas. Yeah. glued together and and you fry it. So yes, yeah, so that is that is Mizonos. Again, we only have to explore whether or not any of that is subject to the rules of Pasha of In which case, if you made a meal out of it. But yes. Explain Pasha. Did you say pasta? No. Pasha of I'm sorry. I was hoping somebody asked the pasta question. I'm going to make you wait on that one. And that's an important question, but you'll see why. We, 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 it's the next Gemara. Um, Pasha Babakistan means... Just translate the, the words. It means bread that comes along with the little nuts, the roasted nuts or the treats or the sweets or something like that. In other words, it's more dessert. It's not, it's not bread. The way they used to eat their meals typically is that bread was the staple. It's not in, in the American diet, it isn't that way. Um, but bread was the staple, and everything else sort of came along to give us a little flavor. Malafe sasapas. But basically, think about, think about a little bit more Middle Eastern, where your pita might be you know, one, your, main, your main source of sustenance, and you have some salads, and you have you know, hummus and trina and things like that on the side, and maybe some other stuff. But the bread is the ikar of the meal. So that's regular pas. But pas, ababikistan, would be dessert. 
Right, so then instead, you know, when you're done eating the meal, they bring out the, whatever the pasta is. Right. These types of bread, well, it's, there are three definitions. We'll see. It's either crackers, it's filled, it's stuffed, or it's have a, sweetened to one degree or another, depending whether you're Sephardi or an Ashkenazi. And you have a whole sermon about pasta v'kissim here, I just want to know was that was that a sermon that had halacha, or was that a sermon of drush on pasta v'kissim? Oh. Okay, I'm more interested in the drush part. What can you do with that? Okay, but a lot, I guess I could see the, the, the visions of drush are dancing in my head. Place. It just opened up across the street from KJ, if you remember the Ruggalach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, Ruggalach are definitely Pasa Baba Kishnin. So, if you, make, if you make a meal out of the Ruggalach, uh, you will, uh, you will uh, wash and bench. So. Okay, I don't... I, I, I want to understand. A matzah ball then is not hamotzi. It is not hamotzi. Because? because I was going to say, just because it has matzah in its name doesn't mean you make hamotzi on it. No, matzah balls, the pieces that make up the matzah ball that you made to make the matzah ball, less than the kazais, and you have cooked it. Once you cook bread, once you cook something the status of bread and the pieces are less than a kazais, you do not make hamotzi or berchasa matzah on it. Bagels, so we'll, we'll talk about it. I spoke, the Shulchan Aruch is quite explicit that if you boil, boil a dough first and then you bake it, it's bread. You make hamotzi and you wash up and, and, and you, uh, you bench it. It's explicit in Shulchan Aruch. Um, there, there seems to be some misconceptions as to how bagels are made, but I'm pretty sure, and this is from 15 years ago, and I, bad things have changed, but bagels start out with a dough, which may be boiled first, and then you bake it. And the Shulchan Aruch is explicit on this. I don't think there's any, but I'm not aware of any opinion in, in the Rishonim who disagrees with this assertion, that that is Hamotzi and Berch That is Lechem. It doesn't matter. If you only boiled it, that's a totally different question. It doesn't have a fia, now it's not going to be Lechem. But once you, uh, once you bake it subsequent to that, so that is regular bread. All right. So, now we move on in the Gemara, and here uh, we get to the question, there is this, um, uh, I, I call it a family story, anybody who's been around has heard this story. So, the story goes that I'm teaching brachos, and I probably, I must have told this here before, and I come home and I tell my wife, I said, you know that if you make a meal, a full breakfast, or lunch out of waffles, you have to wash them down. And she tells me that I'm crazy, that that's not what a Minog Yisrael is. Now, I don't really know how much you can establish a Minog Yisrael for a food that's really not been around that long. But anyway, I said, okay, so I'll go, I'll tell you what, I'll go ask for Shechter. So I go ask for Shechter, and I say, what bracha do you make of waffles? So, so my wife already wants to discount this entire discussion because of the next couple of sentences. So Shechter says, what's a waffle? I'm sure Shechter's <laughs> seen a waffle, but I said, well, it's something where you take a batter and you pour it into a mold and then you bake it. So he said, yeah, you, it's possible to kiss and you eat enough of it. You may Why is it considered baked and not, and not cooked? It's, it's, not, it's not in an oven with air. It's, it's on, on you know, the layer. It's a griddle. It's a griddle. It's like, that's how you bake omelets, too. Patience. Looks like a so, so, what's that? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, whoa, slow down, everybody. Please, please. <laughs> Patience. Uh, so, anyways, the chef said, yeah, it's possible to kiss me. So... You know, my wife claims that I just set it up because I said it's something you pour into a mold, which, as we'll see, is one of the definitions. So we have to we have to step back a little bit. But let me just answer that particular question. Supposing I take a dough or a batter doesn't matter, but a batter you have to, and I uh, and I, I put it in a pan, a uh, ilfas. I'm going to use that term because that's what the Amoraim used the term, masa ilfas. And then, which means that the fire is not directly on the dough or the batter. It could be a dough also. It doesn't have to be a batter. For some reason, you decide. I mean, I guess my, my wife has made, in, in, a, in a cast iron pan, she has made pizza. Okay, that would be an example, right? So it's not, as opposed to in the oven, where there's a direct flame. Here, it's really, you, it, it's the pan. So it's a machlokas Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, whether or not Masa Ofas is considered lechem or not. Rabbi Yochanan says it is. Rabbi Yishlakish says it's not. And no surprise, we pass like Rabbi Yochanan that Masa Ilfis, even though the fire is not directly uh, hitting the, uh, you know, or directly, you know, exposed to the, to the dough or the batter, that is called afia. Okay, so therefore... Regardless of whether there's oil or something in the... Whoa, that I didn't say. I, I, I said a batter, which is the flour and water, but it's a thin mixture. Or a dough. Now, if you, there is apparently a way. If I, I, when I struggled with this 15 years ago, and I, I remember we, we figured out how it's done. Um, if you were to fry it in oil or, or boil it in water, 
and not and not dry, I'll call that, then that's not afia. Now, I know how you do that with a dough. I don't know how you quite do that with a batter, but apparently there is a way of doing it, of tossing batter into boiling water, and it I guess yeah, it a sticks funnel, to... A funnel cake is a batter that's poured into, into hot oil and becomes... Donuts. Yeah, okay. Donuts. Donuts, yeah. No, no, donuts, donuts, donuts are a dough. Yeah, but a funnel cake is a batter. A batter. A batter is trickier, right? You yeah. just imagine it's trickier, but yes, it can be done. You, you take, like, a little oil. I mean, I'm not a chef by any stretch, but you put a little oil in the pan. No, and so I... to grease it does not remove the shame afia, the, the, the status of afia from it. It has to actually be deep fried, if we want to I'll use that term. Right? In, other words, it's, in other words, the difference between bishul and afia is afia is dry, whereas bishul is in a liquid. So just greasing the pan with oil doesn't constitute, doesn't remove the status of afia from it. So, um, so, so it turns out then that if you take, let's say, waffles, so the batter itself is, is what's being cooked. We don't say it's a liquid, so it's, it's bishul. So, for, but for your idea purposes, by the way, it is. In other words, if you had something that was truly liquidy, while it remains liquidy, you put it in the pot, that's called lach. But if you're talking, that's in terms of what the pot absorbs, whether this is dry cooking, which absorbs more in halacha, as opposed to moist cooking. But, but, um, for the purposes of bread, if what you put in the mold is a batter, then, uh, then that is called lach. We're going we're gonna to explore more in a moment, because we have a bunch of pieces in the Gemara. Um, well, the reason I asked, the reason I stacked the death, according to Habiba, by asking it's a batter you pour into a mold, is because we're going to see in our Gemara, at least one, one particular passage, and I believe it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch, is there is another way to cook a batter, which is to pour it onto a flat, very heated surface. And initially, it will start to spread, but eventually, very quickly, it's going to solidify. It's, think about like when you, when you uh, make eggs. It's the same thing. It is, yes. The example is a pancake. A pancake, you have to know which kind of pancake you're talking about. I suspect there are many commercially produced pancakes that are made in the mold anyway, just to keep it safe and clean. But if you were to take a batter and pour it on the top of a flat griddle, and it stopped, it stopped spreading at a point because it's, it's solidified, it coagulated, that, no matter how much you eat it, that's not called lechem. It's not pasavod kisten. It's not pas. It's just mizonos. You could eat a stack of pancakes to the ceiling, uh, and you would not make hamotzi or, or berchas hamazon on it. Because, but because the waffle is poured into a mold, that surah gives it toar lechem definition, by definition. And therefore, even though it's a batter, it's still lechem, because waffles are heavily sweetened. Even Ashkenazim will agree. That's called pas habavikisnin. It's not straight pas. And therefore, um, therefore you, uh, you would, if, if you eat it plain, we know if you eat, it a li- eat a little bit of it, you have a couple of waffles, you know, for a snack or for a light breakfast, so then you would make a uh, you make uh, um, and alamiche afterwards. But if you were to make a meal out of it, however you want to define exactly so then you would wash and bench on waffles. Okay, I hope I didn't win anybody's. A lot of the time, uh, though, waffles they kind of stop in the mold, right? They, they don't go all the way to the end because there's not enough batter. You know, it has like irregular edges. So it's still being held in where it is. That that's still called the tzura, I believe. Um, it doesn't. The fact that there isn't enough doesn't mean that it. Uh, um, but whenever it's whatever it's sort of contained in something as opposed to free, so that's called that's enough to give it to our lechem for halachic purposes. Is there a certain volume though of any mizonos that if you eat if you're you don't eat it? So we will we will explore again. I, I'm going to start Passover because now, but it's going to come up. I think in another daf we're going to have another daf or two. It's going to come up again. I think a daf. Where is it? And it's kind of coming. I'll come up after the days. Uh, there is a machloket. Yeah, pancake mold. So then, 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 then it's pasta baba kisten. If you eat it, if you make oh, kaveh. Right? Listen, if you make, if they have pancakes no, and. They have like for kids. Right, but if you, but if when you, so then when you do that, that now is that now is a waffle for halakha purposes. Probably the frozen pancakes you buy that are all exactly the same shape. Are the same thing, yeah. Yes. But if what if you pour in the batter so much batter that it immediately the pan is is providing the mold. Well, in other words, you're saying giant pancake. Right, giant you make pancake. the giant pancake. You're saying only if it's coagulated by purposes of the heat that prevents it from spreading. But let's say you're filling the pancake. right. So that's going to be like a waffle. That's a waffle. Right. It's just that if you pour it when it when it really it's stop, when the flow stops, just because it turns hard before it can reach the walls. People don't want to wash. Uh, correct. Of course they don't want to wash. The bottom line is. People 
That's why we, have to be we don't make French toast because we don't want to. You know. Yes, again, I repeat the the uh, the two worst possible things that can happen to a from Jew. Number one is you have to wash and bench, and number two is you become fleshic. So, the second one is perfectly reasonable. The first one we're avoiding mitzvos, but okay. But as we see, there's a tosos who talks about. I think we discussed that. Uh, I mentioned it last time that um, Rabbeinu David of Metz. Um, because he needed to eat something before he gave shear in the morning. He was too weak, but he didn't, he didn't want to have the, need the time for washing and benching, so he would soak the bread in water, so the, bread, the water turned white, and that was considered no longer having source lachem, so he could just make a mezonus and alamechia. Yes. So it's an ancient, it's an ancient min of Yisrael to try to avoid washing, but he wasn't trying to avoid the mitzvah, he just actually was really on a, on a, on a, on a tough schedule. But okay. so going back to the origin of why bread gets a special... Mm-hmm. What is the origin of that? And so the Gemara had suggested on Daflam and Hayam and Bays that what was special about bread was lechem levav and oshisad. That it's that that it's the it's the staff. Uh, uh, you know, the staff of bread means what the basic um, source of sustenance in a society. Which is why I mentioned at the time, Rev Lichtenstein apparently, the Chumrah, if he was having steak and potatoes, he would make it have bread. Um, and he would bench, wash and bench uh, because of the bread. Rev Ben Nun, apparently, who's a little bit more of a maverick, so Rev Ben Nun apparently will make, I don't assume he doesn't wash because there's no bread there, but he makes uh, supposedly a Birch HaSamazon on, uh, on when, after you meat potatoes because that is, in our society, what would be considered the... Uh, I mean, you could argue them any meal. So I, but I always yes, but there, there are some things... Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes, but... What? You're having a meal. Yeah, what? You're having lunch. Look, so, the, so there, right, is, I mean, there is Rabbi Akiva Shita. Rabbi Akiva Shita, later in the Mishnah, says, Afilu Achal Shelek, for whom is Ono, right? Rabbi Gamliel, whom we saw already, says, all the Shiva Samini require benching. The Chachamim say only Lechem. Rabbi Akiva says, Afilu Achal Shelek, for whom is Ono, you make... Shalak is is uh, is over is very cooked vegetables, um, so if that's what his meal is, then make berachas Now I think that the, what we reject. So when when you talk about this question, we have meat and potatoes, something that in your society would be defined as a as a meal. So there is this tension between the Gemara and Lamed Hamid Beis, which suggests that if it's something that's sa'id. The Gemara had a question. What happens if you, uh, was it wine that you drink? And let's say in your society, it actually is Said. So the Gemara wanted to know, what would you do then if you kovea your Suda on that food? So um, that was Renach Bar Yitzhak's question, about seven lines from the bottom. And the response that he received from, uh, who was it who was talking? Rava, was that Kishayavu Elio Viyomar, if Elio would come and say whether that kvias is called kvias, but right now it's batla daita way to call them. It's not normal. Even if you are somehow kovea, you make wine, your meal. Um, because in one reading of the Pasuk, wine is sa'id as well. I don't know that we would have that experience. So, uh, so he said, if Elio would come and tell us that's a kvias, but until such time, he's, he's, this is not normal. So that's true, butla daito, because it's not normal. People don't do that. But in our society, sitting down to have a steak and french fries, to have you know hamburger and french fries, is a meal. So you can't say butla daito anymore. Now, the question is, though, but the, we reject Rabbi Akiva's opinion, who said, So the way one could deal with that is to say, yeah, Rabbi Akiva was saying, most of us, shelek is not, you know, vegetables, cooked vegetables are not going to be a meal for us. This person probably is probably poor or on some kind of unusual diet. So him, shelek is his muscle. Right. So, what? What's that? See, there's a fair broad, there's a four range of food for which... What's that? What a meal is. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so, so you would have a very, very expanded definition of that. Um, so, so it has nothing to do with the fact that man is very participatory in its creation. That within, without man uh-huh. taking the flower, grinding the flower, creating something that causes it to rise, that's why mozi is given special for the bread. So I, do, I, I think it's because of the role that it, it plays in, 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 a in, in a meal. Yeah. That Gemara is about the Brachach Rona, right? Or is it also the Rabbi Akiva? 
No, bracha chrona. I mean, as you, you can't say hamotzi lechem and on steak and potatoes. The bracha we shown is going to remain the same. Um, but we will. There's one interesting so case. The question as to why it has its own unique bracha rishona is also. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. No. I, I think it's clear. Right. That's. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that. It's. It's clear. Um, I, I would say the following. The reason you make the bracha berchasamazin afterwards clear berachal tovasavata. Right. It is the. It is the uh, source of sustenance. The reason for the bracha rishona is because it has been improved. Been improved into a certain state. It's not necessarily because of all the human labor involved, but just because bread is considered something very good. So because it was nishtani lemalyusa, that, though that would still, right, that, that explains, that still doesn't explain why it gets a, right, it's, yeah. a, automatically its own bracha, right? Cake, right. Yeah. Right. right. You're also changing it. Correct. It's very much the same thing, but you only make a mizonos on it. Right. So I'm trying to find out why pancakes and waffles, if you, if you start with one principle that justifies bread, you find an, ex- an exemption for waffles. So, so again, so I think the, 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 the exemption of Pasa Babakistan, well, no, you mean waffle, you mean, wait, wait, there are two different issues. Pasa Babakistan, the reason why you normally don't only make a bazonas on it is because it isn't normally the sustaining food. It's like a dessert, it's a treat, it's okay. this. It's not the meal. Um, the pancake issue, the reason why you don't um, you ask an interesting question. You could have argued that the pancakes you should make a bazonas, but you should bench afterwards if you eat it as a meal. Because right, it has the function of sustaining, but it's not lechem. Right? To be lechem, it has to have toar lechem. And something that is just, that is not a dough, and is just tossed, and it, you know, it stops spreading when it stops spreading, that's not called lechem. So the interesting question is, <coughs> any food, birchas hamazon, the way we paskin, seems to be limited. I mean, that, that, would, that would argue against the first Gemara, the reveal Benun's position. The fact that, unless he would say, maybe he would say that if people normally did make a meal out of pancakes, maybe he would say, well, they would also make bircha samazan. Maybe, you know, in a That's not the accepted position. The accepted position is that bircha samazan is limited to lechem. You know, not even, not even chitim, not even chito sora, not just the tumina, but the tumina where they're made into bread. Was man called lechem? What's that? Man called lechem. Uh, yes. Um, lechem abirim achalish. And the pasuk can tell him in the so retelling. So you're saying on bread things could be called lechem too. Have a bracha mm. lechem. Ah, but man might have been special anyway. What was the bracha on man? I don't know. Had they instituted bracha? Uh, you know, I presume that uh, that uh, they hadn't instituted yet the bircha sanenin. I mean, I, I don't know, but the Gemara never claims to have instituted them. So, I presume afterwards you made the first bracha birchas Amazon because there was no there was no Eretz Yisrael to give Shavachan and there was no Yerushalayim, etc. And Petar hadn't happened yet. So, but did the Gemara ever give a source for for Amotzilachem in Eretz? Yeah, I mean, well, the source. Or in other words, why it was, it why it was well, the pasuk lahotzi lachem in Eretz is there, but that doesn't. You know, the Gemara is going to talk about the uh, the grammar of that particular verb. Uh, the tense of that particular verb, but the Gemara here doesn't actually comment beyond that. It doesn't, it doesn't really talk about why they make hamotzi. And the answer is it got, in the same way that, that, that Yain gets a special bracha, because it was nishtan in the Malyusa, and it's such a high form, and it's so, and obviously it's so special in terms of the role it plays in human life, that's why wine and bread get their own brachas. I think that's, that's pro- that is the, the straightforward explanation. Okay, now, the question we have to start to explore uh, is the linkage, if any, between the obligation of separating challah and the brachas that, brachas that you make on a food. Now, when I, we introduced this topic not too long ago, maybe within the last few weeks, I commented that there are a whole series of laws that depend upon the Hamishas Mine Dagan. Things that are only uh, applicable when the food that you're dealing with is made of one of the five species of grain, three of which are wheat subspecies, two of which are barley subspecies. And we said that the mitzvah chal, the obligation of separating chal, the chametz, this is chametz on Pesach, the mitzvah of matz on Pesach, berchasamazon, hamotzi, lachemina, aretz, I don't know if I'm forgetting anything else in the process. So all of these things, uh, the prohibition of yashan and chadash, are dependent upon these five species. Now, these things are not necessarily dependent upon being lechem, per se, very simply. When it comes to the issue of chadash and yashan, let's say you, uh, uh, let's say it's Eretz Yisrael, we don't have to get into outside Eretz Yisrael questions. Barley that's grown in Eretz Yisrael is subject to the rules of yashan. If it's planted, you know, in the fall, it may not be consumed until after Pesach passes. That's what the Torah says in Parsha Samoa. 
So, uh, let's say you don't make the barley into bread, though. You only make chulant. Does the prohibition of chadash apply? The answer is, of course it applies. There's no... The Torah does say, v'lechem v'kali v'charmel, lo It's not only lechem, it's kali and karmel. Any form of the wheat or the barley that the second day of Pesach has not passed over, there's been no karmel omer, or no potential karmel omer that the day has passed, you can't consume it. So... Even though the Chameshes Mine Dagan are the defining characteristic of things that are subject to the prohibition of Hadash, you don't need for it to be bread. Um, now, what about the other things? So, clearly for the mitzvah of matzah, you most definitely need something that is going to be lechem. Now, what about for chametz? Well, presumably, if you would assume that something that hasn't been baked yet is not considered lechem until it's baked, which is, I think, a reasonable assertion. You can violate chametz with, if you, if, if you are, like cookie dough is your thing. I don't know it's a good idea to eat it raw, but if you like eating cookie dough raw, there are people who do, who like the snack on it. So that's going to be chametz, even though they didn't bake into bread. It's not lechem yet. Uh, it clearly, birchas hamazon, hamotzi lechem in our arts, undoubtedly depends upon lechem, and it would seem that birchas hamazon also depends upon lechem. What about challah? Does challah depend upon being lechem? So here, uh, I, let, me, let me sort of ne- uh, sharpen the question. If something is chayev in challah, does it mean it will automatically get a bracha of hamotzi and birchas hamazon afterwards? Now, what becomes chayev in challah? So we're going to take a look at the Mishnah, the Mishnahis, in Mesechah's um, challah, what we have established already, it's in the early Mishnahis, I didn't put them there, is that it has to be one of the five species of grain. It has to be more than a certain quantity? There has to be one of the certain quantity. That's a very important point, and I'll explain why in a second. So there, but, what I want to focus on these Mishnahis, the first half that's printed here, pay in the first part of Vav, is what has to happen to this flower in order to be, you know, Chayv and Chala. If I take a bunch of wheat kernels, and I roast them, you know, on a griddle, and then I just snack on them, there's no obligation of separating challah. So what makes something liable and obligated to have challah separated from it? And note that in Eretz Yisrael, when the obligation of separating challah was the oraisa, whatever the requirements were for that, so one who has something that is chayv and challah and fails to separate challah from it, is and eats it, is chayiv misa bidei It's like eating untied produce when you haven't separated the truma from it. Chala is a kind of truma. There are four kinds of truma. There's regular truma. There's trumas meiser, which the lady has to separate a tenth of his meiser rishon. There's chala and there's bikurim. All four of these, once they have their kedusha, uh, are truma that only a kohen can eat. A, a non-kohen who eats it is chayiv misa bidei And all four of these things, not bikurim, bikurim doesn't make tevo, but the other three, chala, uh, truma and Truma Smeiser all render the food that they're being taken out of, all render it Tevel, and anybody who eats Tevel, Kohen or not, is Chayev Misa Bidei Shamay for doing so. So when does wheat become obligated in Chala, the obligation of separating? And the short answer is, when you mix water in and you start to knead it, when you turn it into a dough, or maybe a batter. But now the Mishnah tells us something here. Uh, Mishnehe, in the first parak of Chala, it's towards the, it's just below Rabbeinu Yon at the top of the source sheet. What is Chilasa Sufganim and Sofa Sufganim? So, yeah, we call it donut or, or latka. It means something that starts out life as a batter and is not going to be treated, it's not going to have a baking, it's going to be fried. It's going to be fried. I want to take back what I said before, maybe. I don't know if it has to be mamish deep fried, but it can't just be greasing the pan. You know, like, like uh, for example, latkes might be, I, I suspect, are considered sofa sufkanim. They're not deep fried, usually. I mean, I guess they could be. But deep frying is supposed to be, apparently, very good. Um, and if done right, apparently, not so unhealthy either. Because apparently, uh, it seals the outside so the oil doesn't actually, when it's done right, when the oil is boiling and you start, the oil only crisps the outside, it doesn't get, it doesn't saturate the inside. What's that? Sounds like a little myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I don't, I've never had any deep fried latkes that didn't have. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, maybe you can't deep fry, it may be by their very nature it doesn't work. A donut is a dough, so it's easier to deep fry. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not such a bucky. Okay, so, if it starts out life as a batter, 
And it's and it's not that you take the batter. It's not like a, a, Duncan's Hine, a Duncan Hines cake where it's a batter, but you put it in the oven, and now it, you, you bake it, you t- it turns solid. That's called sofo isa. But chilasa sufganim, it starts out as a batter, and you fry it, so then it's betur minachala. It's not liable to chala. Chilasa isa, let's say it starts out as a dough, but sofa sufganim, you don't bake it, you fry it. So a donut. So it starts out life as a dough, but you never actually go through the baking process. Or, chilasa um, sufganim, it starts out as a batter, but sofa isa, you bake it in the pan, in the oven, Chayoven b'chala. It's chayoven chala. So, that might come as a surprise to some people. Donuts are chayoven chala. Now, certainly donuts are not uh, hamotzi. Or, or, uh, or uh, there's no birch samazon, and it doesn't matter how many donuts you eat. Even if you eat the entire box of Entenmann's donuts, you do not wash or bench afterwards. That's, anyway, so the mission here has, we have to explore this. There's a major, major machlok between Rabbi Natam and pretty much all the other Bishan about this. What does it mean that something is tchilaso isav asofa sufganim is liable for having chala separated? Does that really mean you have to separate chala from donuts? The second thing is hameisa beishamai potrim uveisela mechayvim hachalita beishamai mechayvim veisel potrim. What's the difference between meisa and chalita? The answer might be nothing. So then, how could beishamai and beisel adopt opposing positions in the same issue? So the answer is there are two different tanaim here. And one presented this as a stringency of Beishamai, and one presented it as a stringency of Beishelo. There might actually be a difference, but a difference, a distinction without a difference. Uh, I'll explain. It has to, basically what it means is you have flour and boiling water, and you throw one into the other. So you never knead it into a dough. You just throw the, you know, you take your clump of, you pour water, boiling water onto the flour, or, and that's, and then you just, that's how you cook it that way. Or you and then that, nothing, nothing more than that. You cook it. You, but you never made it into a dough. I, I don't know what exactly. I assume what happens is the same thing that happens on a griddle. It, it clumps together, and you have, some, you have a food that you just cooked. You never made it into a dough, and you never baked it. So, uh, whether or not you have to separate challah from it. Because eventually, it does turn into something. It does turn into something. So, here we have the basic, basic all these different kinds of forms of how you could take water and flour, and make it into something. So, the interesting part is the first part, which is um, the question of Tchilaso Isa Vesofa Sufgan of the Donut. So, Rabbeinu Tam writes here, let's take, uh, well, I guess I have to, uh, let me spill the beans first, we may not get to the toast, so we have to read the Gemara. Here is a major dispute amongst the Rishonim. The Mishnah makes clear, it seems, it seems that a donut has to have challah separated from it, but it's actually not necessarily so. You ask, there's a minimum shear of challah. So if you make less than X cups of flour, whatever the X is, so you don't have to separate challah from it. You don't separate challah from it. In fact, usually we tell people there are three, there are three, three, three areas. There's less than a certain amount, you don't separate challah. More than a certain amount, you separate challah, and you make a bracha on separating the challah. And then in between, where it's a suffix, where there's enough flour, so you have to separate challah if you made that amount, but you don't make a bracha. So ideally, you should really make more if you're going to do that. Okay, so now, what happens if you make a big batch of dough, but you don't intend to bake it all right now? You're going to split it up. So you make this huge batch of dough. Let's say you like to make your own pizza. And you make, I don't know, eight cups of flour. And you only need two cups of flour in each dough. So after you make this big dough in your, in your machine, whatever your machine is, then you cut it up into a few pieces. You take three of the pieces you throw in the freezer. And, you make the, and, and let's say that the two-cup dough does not uh, require challah. So Tosis here is going to quote, I believe it's another Mishnah, but it's not here, that a osa isasa lechalka, is pata from a challah. So even though when you made the dough right now, this is sheer challah, but since your intent from the get-go was to split it up where it wouldn't be chayv and challah, we don't say that uh, it's chayv and challah because at one point they, all the doughs were together. Now, the similar debate, that's not debated. Um, that's what the re-quotes in Tosus on the top of, um, I think it's, I thought that was the re, on the top of Lama Chesam and Aleph. That's the bottom. Uh, no, no, no. It's a, right. It's, yeah, it starts at the bottom, right at the bottom of the Zanadis. Rabbeinu Yechiel was unsure about this issue. Um, so Rabbeinu Tam says that if you start out with a dough and you're going to make it into donuts, you're going to fry it, it's going to be sofa sofganim. Even though the, the tchila, the initial stage, was isa, Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu Tam says you have to separate challah. 
most Rishonim, the Ramban, all his Talmidim, I think the Rambam, almost everybody else disagrees with Rabbi Tam and says no. If you start out with a dough and your intention was to bake it, and then in the end you decide to make donuts out of it, it's chayv and challah. Because when you started out, you made it as a dough, you intended to bake it, and now it's chayv and challah. Now that you change your mind, doesn't undo the obligation of challah. But if your intent at the outset was in fact to to make a make donut out of it, then it doesn't matter, even though it starts out as an isa, since it's intended to be sufganim from the start, there's no obligation of separating challah from that particular thing. I have to check, because I've been only looking in Arachai now, uh, which is Hamotzi which is, and I have to check in your day in the laws of challah. I think that we paskin, I don't, I don't think, but I could be wrong, I'll check. I'm not sure that we're even machmir for Rabbi Nitam. I think we assume, like the Ramban and the whole crew, that if your intent from the outset was to make was to bake it into, a, a, you know, to, to fry it or something that's called sufganim, then the fact that it started as a, a, life as a dough doesn't actually matter. But I'll, I'll check that for next week. It has to be something you turn into a challah. It has to be something that will that, is, that, is, that will ultimately that in its end stage be chayv and challah. Yes, but it has. The word challah is is a is a is a bread type word. Well, the problem, the problem is that challah in halacha and challah, uh, challah in biblical Hebrew means one thing, and in rabbinic Hebrew it means another, and in the modern form it means more what it meant in biblical Hebrew, right? I, I, well, I should say that in the Torah, in biblical Hebrew, it has two meanings, um, possibly two meanings. It certainly means a loaf of bread, that's for sure. It might even mean, although it's not, well, maybe it doesn't. It mean, if you look in the parsha of challah in uh, parsha Shlach, challah tarimu surumah, it's not clear what chala means there, if it only means that, because there it's ariso sechem, so it might be. In, in rabbinic Hebrew, generally speaking, chala refers to the, the food that is separated, the truma that's separated from dough is chala. Mm. And then in modern, modern usage, uh, you know, we put the chalas in the oven. Right? So it once again goes back to the biblical meaning of a, a loaf of bread. Rabbi, where is the... Uh Rabbeinu Tam's position found the Tosfot. Is that here? It's right at the beginning. It's right there before the lines get, uh, when the narrow lines end up narrowing. Pasach Rabbeinu Tam. It, it, it really starts from the beginning. It starts from the beginning. Lamed Zayin Amid Beis. Lamed Zayin Amid Beis, the bottom Tosfot. It's like two lines in the Kasha. That's where it starts. Okay. All right. If you, have, if you have a hundred units of separatable challah, uh-huh. how much are you separating? Just curious. Uh, Chala separated by a balabayas is one twenty fourth. No, not today. Today we just separate a little piece because we have because we can't eat it anyway. So we separate it, we burn it. But when Kohen, when the Kohana would actually eat Chala, a baker or nachtom only had to separate one forty eighth. A balabayas separated one twenty fourth. That's midrabanan. Certainly, certainly midoraisa to remove the status of tevel, untithe status from the flat from the dough. Even any amount will will, will be satisfied. Today, you, take you just take a little piece off, maybe a kazayas. There may be a reason for taking a kazayas, but that's it. Um, okay, so um, okay, so that is that's the issue. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push on in the gemara now. But the next step in the gemara is to identify a number of things. The gemara initially is going to talk about whether the chayv and challah. Right, it's kind of a sleight of hand. You don't realize until now we've been talking about Amotzi and Berch Muslim, All of a sudden they start talking about Chayim and Chala, Petur and Chala, and only later on Lamed Chesem and Alf, they all of a sudden go back and start to talk about one of these foods, what bracha do you make on it? Um, and then the question becomes, is, it, is there always a connection between uh, the obligation of Chala and Hamotzi? And the answer is probably not. There are things that you could start out uh, with what, firstly, if you started out with the intent of making something bread and you don't in the end, so it would seem that it's obligated in challah, but you're not going to make uh, hamotzi on it because it's not bread and you're not, you may not even bench on it. So we will ex- begin that exploration uh, next week. Okay.